You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barron, and I'm on the constant search to find great thinkers, great thought processes to help you create a better practice and a better life. And today, I have one of my dear friends on, Dr. Darren Becker, who has one of the most unique journeys in all of dentistry. And we examine the current state of continuing education and what it means to be a master and why the best dentists we've ever known are just always learning. Please check out this episode. I know you'll love it. And we'll see you soon. guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. My name is Kirk Barrett. And like I always tell you guys, I this is crazy fun. I, I have a lot of goals, but one goal for the podcast is just to bring you the best thinkers, the best influencers, the best people anywhere to help you improve your practice and improve your life. And today's an extra special treat because not only is this guy an awesome teacher, awesome influencers, but he's one of my favorite of all time. I love just hanging out with this guy, like whether it be just having a glass of wine, talking about kids, having dinner. If you ever get a chance and you ever want to mark off one of your greatest bucket list, I just go to dinner with this guy and he'll take you to the craziest, coolest restaurants and be prepared. It's not like a one hour experience. It's like a three hour experience. And it's mind blowing. Dr. Darren Becker, who um, I'm just so glad you're here. So thanks for being here, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks for the invitation. Uh, always a pleasure to spend any time with you. I can, I prefer it in person, but I'll settle for virtual. Yeah. What's really weird about you and which is kind of cool is you're an amazing restorative dentist, but like, I think if we went to college and we had different jobs, I would want you to live right next. I don't know if it would be good if you lived next to me or my wife, our wives wouldn't it would like not it. Be good for us. <laughs> I, I just enjoy, I, you know, you and I will go to a course, we'll hang out and you just keep me laughing the whole time. It is so much fun. And, uh, what's also extra special today, we're going to be talking about the state of advanced cell education. You're coming back from your master's experience at the Pank Institute, which we're going to talk about. But you have an extra special journey in this. You're not just some dentist that's like, uh, that. you know, I went to dental school and then, you know, I graduated and then I went out there. You had like a pre-dental.
dental, pre-dental, pre-dental experience when you were a little kid hanging around with all of these people that I have never met. I never met L.D. Pankey. I never met Harold Worth. I never, I've talked to Bill Davis, but never met him, you know, um, and all of these people that started this place called the Panky Institute. I want people to know a little glimpse of your story because your dad is one of my heroes. And actually, I'll add one more perspective to this. My first trip to the Panky Institute, I had Clayton Davis and Dr. Erwin Becker. Now, Erwin, who is your father, he we have since become great friends. But like at first, he's like, who are you? I And I said, uh, my name is Kirk. And he said, okay, are you a dentist? I said, no. And he's like, okay, great. And I, I was a little intimidated by him at first. And then he warmed up to me and it was awesome. But uh, I didn't even know what he was talking about the first full day when he was speaking. But it was fantastic. And then Clayton Davis, who I'm sorry if you're listening, Clayton. But Clayton wasn't very like inviting to me either. And I say this tongue in cheek because we did go to the condos afterwards and we, I laughed so hard because I heard those guys tell stories I had never heard before. We had a few glasses of wine and I actually said, you said that to one of your team members? And he said, yeah, like it was really fun to learn such great stuff or start the journey. But then it was like a couple hours later, we went into this weird place of vulnerability and those guys and gals shared stories. I'm like, I have never heard people talk at this level and how honest they were. So we're going to get to that, but I want you to tell them your story because your dad was a teacher at Panky and you, how, what's your earliest memory in dentistry? So, earliest memory in dentistry certainly would be going to my dad's office as a kid and playing with the air water syringe squirters and you know as kids do in a dentist's office if their parent is a dentist that's my earliest memories of dentistry uh was just being in his office the smell of the eugenol um playing in the lab he'd always give me like like these little wax things to carve and just to play around and that that's my earliest memory Fast forward, though, to maybe the story that you want is, um, so dad, you know, um, quit private practice because of health reasons with arthritis. He couldn't practice full time. And he began teaching at, at Panky and and eventually became the, the chairman of education for 34 years at Panky. He basically ran ran the education department at Panky. Um, and so during that time, like I would come home from school in the summers and I would, I would go work in the lab and pour models for the dentist to use. This is before I went to dental school. Um, and I was hanging out with the, the dentists who were coming through the, the, the continuum at the time. Um, both the faculty who were the greats that you mentioned and more. And then, and then the, the participants, the dentists who were coming through the Panky Institute for the first time. This is era 1980s. Um, and was that like DuPont? That. Was that DuPont Plaza or no? After DuPont, I went to the DuPont Plaza. I did know Dr. Panky. I got to, to talk with him several times, um, both at the DuPont Plaza and when they moved to, to Key Biscayne to the first location of Key Biscayne at 240 Crandon. Um, and, you know, you started to talk about the condos. And, and early recollections. When I was probably in late high school, I don't think I was in college yet, um, a big storm was, was, uh, had, had damaged the house, or I don't remember the story, but we ended up staying at one of the condos that, that Panky had that they housed the participants and the faculty in uh, because we didn't have anywhere to go. We, we 
it must have been after one of the big hurricanes or something. I don't really remember. And what I remember, though, is being awoken in a late hour by noise outside of the condo. And we opened the door and in the fountain area in the condo, remember there's like the fountain, uh, there were like 10 of the dentists were fully clothed in the fountain. I'm guessing alcohol was involved, but I was too young to know (laughs) that at the time. Uh, and I thought, well, that's what they do here. I think I should be a dentist. That seems like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you talk about Panky Institute and everybody always goes to the condos, uh, as a place where something happened, something special happened, some panky magic happened. And it's, it's, it, you started to uh, lead into it. And it is the, the feeling of security and safety and, um, you know, being able to be vulnerable. And it, and a lot of times it happens in the condos. Yeah. And it is where a lot of learning and growth and, 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 um, change happens yeah. uh, be, because your guard gets let down. You're spending all this time with these people. It's really intense initially. I, I would argue intimidating um, the first time until you realize that, wow, Erwin Becker puts his pants on one leg at a time and Absolutely. You know, whatever. Uh, so once, once that barrier gets broken down and it's usually in the condo second night, not first night always, um, that that kind of experience happens that you had. And all of a sudden, Clayton Davis is your lifelong friend and Erwin Becker is your lifelong friend, not this, you know, yeah. guy up here or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's a unique thing that we have at Panky is being able to create that safe space is the term that a lot of people use where you can kind of let your hair down. You can kind of, you know, this is me with all my freckles and blemishes and whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, Oh wait, I'm not the only one having that problem with my team member or with this patient or with this particular technique. And and we can, we can learn from each other. So it's just, it's a, it's an amazing, um, it's an amazing thing to be able to create a learning environment that is like that. I totally that's agree. What, that's what they've done at Panky. So yeah, um, and being a dentist, being an entrepreneur, just is lonely, and so it's very important that you have a support structure. Now, I got to ask you, how much pressure did you feel to be a dentist? Because this isn't this is an honest conversation. Did your dad ever say, "I want you to be a dentist"? No, to his credit, uh, actually, just the opposite. Well, he didn't say, "Don't be a dentist." He never pushed me in that direction. Okay, uh, and in fact, my bachelor's degree is in computer science. I was a computer program. Really. I didn't decide to go to dental school until my third year of college. Okay. Um, I, I stuck with computer science cause I was close enough to get the, get the degree. I didn't want to throw it away to start over in my, my, my undergrad education. Uh, so I have a, I have a degree in computer science and a minor in math, but, um, that I decided to go to dental school during one of the summers. So one of the other cool things about being Erwin Becker's son at that time, he was traveling. I don't remember 40 weeks a year. I mean, some crazy number to, to give talks to study clubs and at big dental meetings and all over the world. And oftentimes if it was someplace that was good fishing, uh, he would have me go with him. Yeah. So it was that summer of my junior, junior year that um, we went fishing in Alaska 
Okay. And there's a couple of dentists in Alaska um, who are special people, Ron Teal and Lee Payne, who you know. And, um, and they uh, welcomed us uh, into their world of Alaska. And there's another dentist named Mike Sage, who you might not know. No. And Mike lives in Anchorage. And those guys are all amazing dentists. They all studied at the Panky Institute. Uh, and invited dad to come up and he spoke at the Alaskan Dental Society meeting. So wow. picture, you know, there's the Chicago dental meeting, there's the Hinman dental meeting. This is the Alaska one, which of course is held at some lodge on a river. Uh, you know, so it's not, maybe not quite as big as Chicago dental meeting, but, um, it was, uh, it was cool. So we, we, we go there. He's going to lecture for two days or something and then we're going to go fishing. And, um, and a bunch of these guys, those guys all were partners in a, they called it a cabin or a cottage on, on um, Bristol Bay. Okay. And, um, it's, we would, we would call it a, a beautiful resort. <laughs> I mean, it was their house, their weekend house to go fishing, but it was gorgeous and big. And so we all go there after the meeting. And so first of all, at this meeting, I'm, I'm here witnessing all these dentists that are they could be out fishing right now, but they're in here listening to this, you know, lecture about philosophy of a practice of dentistry and learning about occlusion. And it was kind of like, okay, there's something here. I need to, I need to figure this out. Yeah. So I was listening intently. And then afterwards we go to their lodge to go fishing. And, and, you know, after a day of fishing, we're sitting around and eating good food, drinking good wine. Um, and, uh, uh, one of the guys, an orthodontist, John Sparaga is an orthodontist in, in um, uh, Anchorage, Alaska. And he's teaching me how to tie the fly that we're going to fish with tomorrow. Yeah. And, and so uh, it's real detail. It's real small. I'm used to the, the saltwater flies that we fish with in Florida that are big. This is little teeny thing. So he gives me a pair of like reading glasses uh, and, and um, you know, he's like, okay, do this. So I'm, I'm really focused on it. And at some point I get one that looks pretty good. Yeah. And after maybe a couple of tries and he says, Oh, it's really good. And I look up and all the rest of the dentists are standing around me with their wine and, 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 uh, they, you know, oh, it's really good. They're watching, oh, he's got good hands. He should be a dentist. And as dumb as it sounds, when Mike Sage said, he's got good hands, he should be a dentist. It was like somebody hit me in the head with a two by four. Like, Oh, I never thought of that even though I'd grown up in a dental world, you know, every trip we went was to a dental meeting, uh, you know, all my best friend, his dad's a dentist that, you know, but it just was not in my vernacular at the time. And I went, well, maybe that would be a good thing. You have yeah. never told me that story. I as much that. you have never told me that I never knew it was a fly. And that was going to be my next question. The fishing thing is always interesting because it's a fishing doesn't, you got to go deeper on the fishing thing. And I know your dad is a huge fly fisher. Why, why fly fishing? Because you know, the fishing and dentist thing, you know, Fred Troxel, Fred Troxel, oh, world champion bone fisherman. Like yep. he loves that kind of fishing. Why does your dad love fly fishing? Um, well, and I think we both do. And it's, it's because of its, um, it, it takes fishing down to its most basic level and it levels the playing field because it's actually really hard. Um, it gives the fish a chance, you know, you could go out and, you know, fish with, uh, a, a live piece of bait and, and heavy duty line and big rods and, 
you hook up and you reel it in. And that's, that's just catching and reeling in. Um, and that's fine. I'm not degrading that, but fly fishing is more. And like what, what Fred does is more, um, uh, adventurous maybe is the word. I don't know. Uh, you're out stalking the fish. We're in shallow flats. You're looking for signs of the fish and then you're going to throw something that's a piece of, you know, a hook with a bunch of feathers and things on it that you sat and tied, or maybe you bought it, whatever. And you're going to try to make it look like something real. Um, and it has no weight to it usually. So you're not casting the lure, you're casting this fly line. The line is weighted and it's a, it's a technique and it's a beautiful thing. It's like, if you ever watch a river runs through it, it's like, like when he's doing that casting, Brad Pitt's casting. So, I mean, that's really what it is. Uh, so we just, we just love it. And, you know, we don't catch a lot of fish necessarily. Sometimes you do. Um, but when you catch one, it's really exciting. And, um, and it's usually a special memorable experience as opposed to, Oh yeah, we went out and we caught 50 grouper or whatever. Okay. That's great. But you know, I can, I can, I can tell you stories about almost every great fish I ever caught. Yeah. Uh, and that so, might be that might be a whole nother episode, but take us through that. So you decide to be a dentist, and then we're going to get into the advanced education thing. But so you decide to go to dental school. What happens after that? Yeah. So when I get out of dental school, as I was I was getting ready to get out of dental school, um, I had an opportunity, and this is where so there's pros and cons to being Erwin Becker's son when he's the chairman at the Panky Institute. Number one, in dental school, you keep your head down because the faculty are are out for you. I mean, there's just no other way to say that. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's only like three people on the planet that have the same kind of thing. Um, Myself, Dean Coyce. I say Greg Kinzer, even though that's not really Frank Spears' son, but um, similarly coming up that way. Um, And and, and I'll say... um, uh, John's daughter, uh, John Cranham's daughter, whose name I'm forgetting right now. Yeah. Um, cause she lived in his shadow a little bit too. So, I mean, there's just a couple of us that right. have this, our, our, our father was, or is the, like the, the guru, the master, mm-hmm. the, the, he's taught everybody. Um, and, and is famous. Let's just say it that way. Uh, and coming up that way, there are pros and cons to that. One of the pros is, it kicks some doors open. So when I was getting out of dental school, I visited like seven dental practices from Marathon Key, Fred Troxell's office, Mm -hmm. since you mentioned him, I visited his office and working all the way up to Richmond, Virginia. I visited offices throughout Florida, uh, Georgia, North Carolina, and I didn't do anybody in South Carolina, but, and, and into Richmond, Virginia. Um, and all great practices like, like they were all people who had either been faculty at Panky or were faculty at Panky or had been through the courses and were practicing what we would call, um, you know, high level relationship based, um, comprehensive restorative dentistry. So that's kind of what I thought I wanted to do. It's what I do. And, um, and so visiting all those practices, each one better than the next, most of them either, Thanks for visiting. Hope you enjoyed it. But we're not really looking to bring anybody in. Thank you. Some of which were, um, we'd love to have you. Um, we need you to sign on the dotted line that you're going to buy the practice in a year. And this is how much it's going to be. 
and or here's a restrictive covenant you know you can't practice for within 50 miles of here what and i didn't know what i wanted to do i was basically either going to do a pros residency but i had to get out of the institutional world of dentistry i couldn't stand i couldn't be in an institution anymore yeah meaning a dental school um the politics the the whatever it is there i just couldn't deal with it anymore so doing like an in office internship, if you want to call it, or an in-office residency was really what I was looking for. So Dr. Uh, Jim Kincaid uh, in Atlanta. Big Jim. Uh, who, Jim, big Jim. <clears throat> Jim uh, Jim is going to tell us now about everything you need to know. I love Jim. Jim, Jim has a voice made for radio. Yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> yes, he does. So uh, Jim was willing to bring me in. Uh, and by the way, Jim has one of the quintessential panky style practices. Uh, it just is. He's an early adopter. He started going there. He wasn't an original cadre, but he would have been the, 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 the little brother of the original cadre. And so he was willing to bring me in, no strings attached, do not sign anything anywhere, spend a year with me, learn everything I do. And he was so generous in that regard. He paid me a salary. You know, he basically said, what do you need to live in Atlanta? We looked at a budget and he paid me that much. And it was wow. just very nice. And I mean, I helped him out a ton. He was too busy at the time to keep up. And so he needed the help. And um, so it was great. One of the best experiences ever. Because I thought I would go back to Florida. I was pretty sure I would move back to Florida. Um, best laid plans of mice and men. I met my wife in Atlanta. Awesome. Uh, ar- around that time. And we fell in love. And we, um, she was not going to move to Florida. And so that's okay. I couldn't imagine raising a kid in Miami right now anyway, but different, different story for a different time. Um, uh, when I started with Jim after the year, we were having a great time and it was kind of like, well, let's keep doing this. So we made it to a second year and we switched from sort of salary to more of a traditional, um, um, associate, you know, percentage of production kind of a deal. Uh, and then we went to another year. And uh, we actually started having conversations about, about partnering and actually becoming an equity partner in the practice, buying into the practice. And for uh, numerous reasons, that just wasn't going to work out. Um, basically, and I would tell this to anybody listening who is a, an associate, um, buying into a practice can be a great way to jump, start, kickstart your career. As long as the senior guy, A, is willing to um, do two things. One, pass on his blessing to the other patients. You are my guy. Mm-hmm. And right in front of the patient, he's going to do your work and, and have a plan, an exit plan. Right. So Jim Kincaid is 79 and still practices full time wow. because he has to, because he loves it. And he's still one of the best dentists on the planet. Right. Um, so I don't begrudge him of that, but that would have not been as good of a deal for me there's value in being on the plaque with his name. I mean, that's, you know, that's for sure. But where I wanted to go with my practice, it wouldn't have worked had he wanted to stay practicing as long as he has. So, yeah. Uh, and there's, anyway, so, and would you agree? Like there's a danger in learning a lot, you know, exactly what you want. Oh. And the better the dentist, I find the less likely they are to play well with other dentists. Is that true? Not so true. True for some. True for some, it's a generalization. I, I actually love having somebody to play off of. I, I don't right. have an associate right now, 
Um, if anybody's listening and wants to come to Atlanta, let me know. Um, uh, I've had three associates and they've all been fabulous and they've all done other things for different reasons, had to move to Ohio and whatever. Um, but I love having someone else here to, to bounce ideas off of. So, so I think for some people it's great. Um, but you gotta have, it, it, it's gotta be the right, right. marriage if you want to say it that way. Uh, so and the other side of that is for, for any dentists out there listening that are looking to bring an associate in, do not assume that the first one is the one you're going to marry. Right. You have um, to, you're going to have to try it a couple times, you think? Uh, well, maybe not, but maybe. I mean, it's like how many people are married, you know, 30 years to this, to their first girlfriend? My sister is married to her husband. He's awesome, but that's one and, in a and million. First, for her first boyfriend? Mm, maybe second. No. Second. I don't know. I have no uh, idea. But eighth grade, like that is th- right. what your point is. That's extremely rare, like crazy rare. But and it's also it true in dentistry, you know, like partners don't just happen, you know? No, exactly. So I, I, I um, you know, and, and then I went to another associateship at a really big practice, which was a great experience to know that that's not what I wanted. Uh, Twelve operatories. And I mean, that was a crazy six days a week thing. So I realized that's not what I wanted. And then I finally found my practice that I bought. And now we, we've got, you know, I've got what I want. So yeah. um, you asked me a question. I already forgot what it was. No, we're going to go there. So, <laughs> so you bought your practice and when you started developing your practice, you know, um, you wanted to turn it into the way you wanted to do dentistry and talk about that because I think one of the da- dangers is living under the veil of somebody like your father. Like you've made it really clear. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. I've learned from everybody. Thank you so much, but you've created something crazy special. I've been in your office many times. I love it. And it's just really cool to see you do it. Even how you work with your specialist is crazy cool, but it's truly, I have to say this, this is truly, you've created it. Like you took a clean piece of paper and you said, nope, this is how I want to do it. I mean, even how you did your models, like everything is pretty unique. And I think that's the message for most dentists is you're going to learn from everybody. But at the end of the day, it's got to be yours. Uh, Rich Green used to say, I don't know, remember the butter margarine thing? I can't remember. He used to say it and I was so confused because I didn't really know the difference between butter and margarine. And then he said, no, you just got to, Kirk, stop with the whole butter margarine. Just be you. Don't be an imitation. I think that's what he was trying to say, right? I think that's what he was trying to say. (laughs) That's funny. I could hear him saying that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. No. I, my practice definitely developed over over the course of a few years t- to where it kind of is now. And of course, it's constantly developing. But I I'll tell you this, and this I can say unabashedly. I did not get. I am not a paid spokesperson. But I was I was at a place where I wasn't getting where I thought I wanted to go until I engaged with you all, with ACT Dental. Um, Because it's really hard, I think, sometimes to be the expert in your own backyard and particularly to your team who sees you every day and knows you. And I knew there were things I wanted to do and I wanted to sort of move to a next level. And I I needed someone else to to help us get there. Mm -hmm. And our year with ACT was for sure, it, it, accelerated the the process. So thank you for that. And, um, and your team, because yeah, put systems in place. That's very kind of you, but you know, I'll go a step further because I love you dearly. You're kind of like me. You're a super, super nice guy, like almost too nice. Too nice. You needed permission. 
to charge what you were worth. Just make the rules, create systems so that they supported your vision. You just needed somebody to give you permission to say, yes, you can say that. Yes, you can say that. Don't do these crazy, stupid hour thing. And then you're like, wow, this really works. And then you just took it over. You became more and more confident and it's, it's really cool. But, um, uh, it's fun to watch anybody do that. So, um, that's great stuff. So keep going. Now you started your practice and then you say you've made it. <laughs> I'm being, no, I'm yet. being sarcastic. Well, the so day I say I made it is the day that I hang it up. Okay. Go further. Uh, okay. Listen, here's one of my questions. Okay. So you grew up around all these people. You watched your dad speak for years. You get to see great dentistry. Why the heck would you go to the Panky Institute? It's a great question. So actually when I was, when I was practicing with, with Jim, maybe after, I don't know, three months, I'm there. All right. I'm right out of dental school. Sure. I've heard all this stuff, but when I heard it originally, I hadn't gone to dental school yet. So I didn't know anything. Right. Um, and I realized very quickly because Jim had me for that whole first year, I sat in on every single new patient exam that he did. Wow. Watched, uh, not just sat in, I was the assistant while he was doing his, his comprehensive evaluation on every new patient that he saw. I sat in on that. Wow, what an experience. Wow, what a way to realize what you don't know. And just to be able to hang, I had I, to speak the language. I had to go further my education. So so he sent me, again, to his credit, he sent me to uh, the, the continuum level one. At the time, it was the continuum. Now it's the essentials. Um, and I went to the level one course literally six months out of dental school. And that started my journey. And then I went probably every year for the next, you know, six years, uh, to take, take another course. And it, you know, it's a layered learning thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to build on what I learned last time, a uh, lot of support and, and energy towards implementation. So, all right, now, now I understand how to, how to properly set up an articulator with the occlusion and everything. Now I'm going to, now I got to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to learn it. It's another thing to do it. Um, uh, so, And you're learning in the middle. So I've heard this many times. Is this true? I've heard dentists that I've even sent there. They're like, I've got patients in holding patterns. Like they're in holding. I don't know how to do that yet. Until I can I, get down there to figure out how to do it. Is that true? Yeah, that was really true. And, and, and I, I'll tell you where the breakthrough came for me was when I got a very complex interdisciplinary case that, that, you know, it's one of these ones that most many dentists would say, uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, and that's when they go talk to their specialists or they bring in friends who are, you know, practicing and everybody kind of gets together and tries to figure it out. When I got to the place where I could look at one of these and I could break it down and come up with what is the diagnosis, what is the treatment plan, uh, on the more complex cases, that's when I felt like, all right, it, now I've got it. Now, I, now I've got the, the the essential information. It's in my tissues, as Doctor Hankey used to say, um, and it's a part of me. I don't have to actively kind of grab it and look for it. It's right in there. And I that and then and then my my technical dentistry soared. Um, uh, I was always sort of gifted with good hands. Um, but you know, being able to figure out, well, how, how do I solve the puzzle? Right. That's oftentimes the, the trick. So, um, and then, and you alluded to this, 
getting a group of specialists that were willing to collaborate with me, not just refer patients back and forth, but really collaborate on complex cases. Um, that was a critical piece of the practice growth. And, and you know, as you know, like 80% of my new patients uh, come to me referred from the specialists. From wait, the wait, wait, from the wait, wait, back up, back up. You got to explain that. Now, I'm, 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 I already know the answer to this because we've done a podcast on this and I'm going to encourage you guys, you got to go back and listen to this because it's fantastic because you flipped this whole model around. How can you have that many of your patients being referred from your specialist. Now, I'm also going to throw this into the room. When your patients come to restorative dentists through a specialist, they already know the deal. They already know that they're going to pay for this. They already know that like, um, you, you probably don't get a lot of questions like how much am I insurance? You, maybe you get these questions, but they, they know that everybody wants to know, but yeah. the reality is yes. It, the, we, we talk about a well-referred patient. Yes. Now, well-referred patient could come from another patient. A well-referred patient can come from your spouse. It's it's well-referred means just what you said. They are they are coming in expecting you to um, help them improve whatever their current condition is, and they know that there's a fee for that, and that it's going to take time, and that you're going to have to do some records and 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 do a comprehensive evaluation and work the case up, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, when a patient's coming from the orthodontist, yeah. They come in and they literally say, um, so I'm getting ready to start ortho. And the orthodontist said they can't really start until they know where they're going. And they won't know where they're going until you know how you're going to fix my teeth. Yeah. So we start with the end in mind, which means we all got to be involved. So oftentimes the patient has seen the periodontist, the oral surgeon, the orthodontist, and me before they've had anything done. Yeah. And then I'd be, go ahead. A great mutual friend of ours, Dr. Stephen Malone says this. He told me that is your greatest new patient is the one that comes via the specialist because, uh, and would you agree with that in that respect? hundred percent. Yeah. It is almost always the best patient there. They are ready to receive the information. They understand that their steps are going to have to go through. They've already been told all that stuff. So you're not telling them. That. Um, they already know that this is going to be something that they're going to have to uh, budget for because it is not inexpensive oftentimes. And it's usually the, the more, um, these cases are usually more involved cases. So they're, uh, higher dollar value cases. It's not three fillings and a crown. It's, it, it's a comprehensive restorative case. Doesn't mean it's a full mouth rehab, but it means there's, you know, maybe some implant restorations with a bridge or, or some veneer cases or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's usually more, more complex and therefore, uh, uh, it's a higher dollar thing. So your dollar per hour becomes really lucrative. Yeah. Uh, at least now that we've got our systems in place and we're, we're good at it, we're efficient at it. Um, but so how do we get there? How do you, you know, how does Steven get, you know, referrals from his specialist? How do I get referrals from my specialist? How I've done it is um, very intentionally. Um, I, I created relationships with specialists who I saw consistently were able to provide quality results. So excellent periodontists who could literally periodontal plastic surgery. They could beautiful implants. They can do all these things. Oral surgeons, again, who can do amazing surgeries. Orthodontists who understood occlusion. As most people listening, if you're a restorative dentist, general dentist, you know that that can be a struggle is that 
Um, some orthodontists, not to throw orthodontists under the bus, don't quite grasp occlusion at the level that we kind of need them to for what we do. Um, and so I found those people. Unfortunately, I live in Atlanta where there are uh, a lot of that. And so we found those people and I worked on building relationships with them. I referred them patients. And then I had a discovery. Um, I, I found out that the orthodontist and the oral surgeon already were meeting regularly regularly to discuss the orthognathic patients. So did you just invite yourself to the meeting? You bet. So I said, oh, I've got this case I need, you know, it was one of my patients. So, well, we're already meeting, come meet with us. So I I invited myself to the meeting, but I didn't just come and talk about my patient. I did that, but then I sat there and I listened to them talk about other people's patients. And then the next month, it's a regularly scheduled meeting. The next month I showed up again. I might not even have had anybody I was referring to them, but I was there anyway. So in essence, you became the restorative advisor. I was the restorative specialist on the interdisciplinary team. And that's exactly how I talk about it. Um, And so all of a sudden, they're asking me, well, what, you know, what do you, what would you do? You know, this is, this is Kirk's patient, but he's not here. And, um, you know, I'm not going to ever treat that patient, but the orthodontist and the oral surgeon were relying on me for the restorative perspective, right? Yeah. Well, slowly that turned into more patients coming to me. Of course, the orthodontist became patients and I restored a couple of the orthodontists. Um, and that's a huge selling point. So when a patient it's because by the way, it's hard for a specialist to refer a patient who is Dr. Wonderful's patient right. to a different different doctor. Right. But if the patient says, hey, Dr. Orthodontist, um, this seems like what we're doing is a little more complex and kind of outside of the scope of what my dentist can do, uh, who would you recommend? And they go, well, Dr. Becker did these veneers. Right. Oh, give me his information, you know. So that's kind of how it morphed. And then that meeting became... Uh, 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 even more uh, complex because now there's there's four or five orthodontists in the room, all in the same group practice. Um, there's two restorative dentists, me and another uh, guy, Scott Allman. There is two or three periodontists. There are two or three oral surgeons. And we're all in this big conference room at the orthodontist office with a big giant LED screen on the wall, like, I don't know, 150 inch LED screen. Uh, and we have an Apple TV mounted to it. Uh, so we all sit around the table with our Macs. And when it's your turn to bring a case up, you just sling it onto the screen and we all can talk about it. It, it can get a little crazy, but a lot of times that's that patient that we're all looking for the answer for and we're going to work together. And, and what I've always said is the, the, what's the thing? The sum of the, the, the end result is bigger than the sum of the parts. Right. Uh, when we all put our heads together, we come up with a better solution than any one of us would have on our own. Right. Um, and so it's really, um, it's really better for the patients. It's way more fun. We have a ball. We love to, there's no food and drinks. We're not drinking. We're not getting wine or anything. This is business. We're there working. We usually meet on a Monday, the first Monday of the month. It's usually, um, you know, at the end of the day, like four o'clock. So most of us wrap up at three or three thirty. And we can go right over there and get started. Um, and it's it's the most fun I have in dentistry 
but it's also generated the most dentistry to do in my practice and it's generated the most new patients. Uh, so that's just been, that's been great. Yeah. And, and I can uh, see that I can say this confidently about you is that is not, that's the byproduct. You're, you're a lifelong learner. It's more than just dentistry. You're learning in real time how people think, what's happening with conditions. I've been with you at courses. You're a junkie like me. You could sit there all day <laughs> long and just take this stuff in. You're like, wow, that's so good. And I'll say to you, I don't even know what that guy said. And you're like, it's good stuff, man. So like, it's, uh, you know, well, and to, to that to that effort. So I just got back this weekend uh, from Miami. I was down at um, Panky Masters Week. So uh, once a year, they do something called Panky Masters, and um, it, it's an exceptional program that Dr. Leon Brady has put together for us. They usually bring in two, one, two, or three. Um, let's just call it experts in their field, um, and they each get a day. And it's the agenda is just, you know, Dr. Ricardo Amanato mm -hmm. is going to do his thing. Right. And uh, so he was one of our one of our faculty. Ricardo is from Italy. Uh, he's a, a dentist in Italy. And he came and he spent the day on a what to me was a pretty innovative way of using a clear index, which you might think of like clear um, uh, ma matrix uh, for copy pasting restorations using direct composite. Anyway, it was brilliant and it was really cool and get to hang out with the dentist from Italy. Yeah. And, uh, and then we had, um, Tim Hess from, from Seattle. He did a whole thing on Tucker gold technique. So think about all this modern, uh, aesthetic dentistry and computer, you know, CAD cam stuff. This was, this was Dick Tucker technique, the most finest dentistry you've seen, the best hands, the nicest preps. We got to do hands on with it. Because a lot of us don't have any gold training beyond dental school, but gold is still a really viable thing. So this is Panky Masters this year. It changes every year. Yeah. And then Dr. Brady closes out the, the week with her day of basically ask Dr. Stump Dr. Brady. Ask her anything She's you want. Awesome. And it just turns into this conversation. Of course, she can pull anything up on her. Well, first of all, wants. you can't stump Dr. Brady. She's too sharp. And, but she's also True. very honest. Like, I love talking to her because I'm like, you yeah, say, she's you, very down to her. I always say to her, you say that to patients? She's like, I tell those patients, right? I'm like, wow, she is so cool. But let me go back to this. The Pinky Masters thing, this is what's really cool. This has been going on for a long time. And well, you're talking started, way yeah, back. This is Dawson. You had Dawson, you had Spearcom, like, right? It was originally, yes, it was originally called. Um, uh, Dawson Philastry week. Alvin Philastry okay. was a master denturist um, and he was good friends with Dr. Panky and Dr. Dawson. And so um, I, I'm sure it was the brainchild of my father, but he brought. So they were combining Dawson. superpowers for that week? What, like, Well, by the way, you want the real fun story. You should get my dad on here to tell you the story about what he had to go through to even become the chairman of education at Panky. Whoa. Okay. That's he had to, he had to drive across uh, the state to, to St. Petersburg and meet Dr. Dawson. This is a young Dr. Becker, 30 years old. Um, he had to meet Dr. Dawson in his hotel room and present his slides on the wall, sitting on the edge of the bed, uh, on, you know, carousel slides. To, to get Dr. Dawson's nod of approval to be the chairman of education at Panky. That that's he tells the story better. But anyway, that that actually happened. I want to hear that um, whole story. I'm going to get him on. 
So, um, so yeah, so it was Dawson Flastery Week. Then it was just Dawson Master Week. Okay. And then it was, um, so around that time, Frank Spear was going through the courses at, at Panky. And um, I, I, who those of you know Frank or have heard him, one of the best dental educators on the planet. And he took what was very complex and has a way of making it understandable to the average mortal like us. Um, so, you know, they had Frank, this is before the Spear Education Center. Uh, Frank would come and do, he was doing his, his courses at his office, but he would come and do um, um, Spear Master's Week. Um, Dad, of course, would have Becker Master's Week where he would lead the whole thing. Um, and then Lee when Lee came on, she started this idea of bringing in sort of outsiders. It's always been panky people. The, the every, so I've been going to the master's week for a while now with, with, since Lee's been doing it and she brings in people I've never heard of. Uh, and, and on topics you didn't even know existed last year, we had, um, we had Jim Haddix from university of Florida. He's in the endodontic department. He's a general dentist by training but he, he's uh, in charge of the endodontic or he was in charge of the endodontic department. And he did a whole thing on, um, on root repair uh, stuff. I didn't even know existed. Wow. Um, and, and it was just, it was mind blowing and brilliant. And, you know, they usually get somebody from overseas that you never heard of. And again, masters outside of our sort of world, our panky world or whatever you want to call it. And, it's, it's become a really cool thing. Uh, it sells out every year. And that's the other thing is the, the, the participants, the, you're sitting in master's hall talking about intimidating this, you know, the, the, you got people in the front who are gurus in their field. And then you're sitting next to people who are all amazing dentists who are, you know, faculty at dental schools or at Panky Institute or at other places you know, it's, it's a pretty neat experience to be able to have dinner with this whole group of people and a glass of wine and talk about, you know, getting deeper, like you were talking about at the condos. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, we don't have the condos anymore. Now it's in the Institute. I heard, and I have not we seen, have, we call it the one place and it's, it's, it's a giant living room area with all the, the little private suites around it. So you're all, we're all just staying right there. It's, really cool up their game now go back to the masters thing you and i were talking about this before we hit the go button you know um and we can couple this with what we talked about at the beginning which is our favorite masters never call themselves a master you know they never go yeah i'm a master no they they are called masters by others so what i mean by that is they're very humble and they're very much you know, and what I mean by coupling it was being a younger dental professional, you're always intimidated by these people. You know, like the first time you meet them, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so-and-so. And what you find is they're just good old people like you are, you know? Regular and, folks. And your favorite ones are always learning. So even though they taught the course that was prior to that, they sit in the course that comes after that and they're asking great questions going, man, I didn't even know that. That's awesome. I love sitting... Uh, before you passed away, I loved sitting in any course where Dr. Dawson was in the audience. He would take more notes than yeah. anyone there. I agree. Um, Parker Mahan, same thing. Uh, and, and it was a great um, role model to be a lifelong learner. And I think that, and I, and I would say that this, this is the thing, if nothing else gets, gets 
reprinted or I know you like fast forward all these things out into the world. Oh yeah. The, the, the mark, mark this right here for whoever's editing this. The best dentists I know are continually trying to learn more and better and both technical and behavioral and philosophical and all of that. And the best dentists I know have, have sought out many different mentors and teachers and places to learn. So when people ask me, uh, should I take a Panky or a Dawson course? And the answer is yes. Um, the best dentists I know have studied at at least two and usually three of the sort of bigger uh, uh, centers, Panky, Dawson. But, but why? Here. Why? Why would I need to do that? Number one, can I use an example to Please. tell you why? I love okay. it. Okay. So this is my favorite example. Uh, I was down at Panky taking, I don't remember which course, but like a, a continuum five or six, something down the road. Not my first time. And I was in a lecture and I, I want to say Rich Green was in the room and he was kind of helping us get through this concept of incisal edge shape and the pitch and the bevel. And anyway, um, it, it clicked for me and I finally kind of got it and understood it in a way that I could feel like I could apply it. Right. And I was a little bit perturbed that no one had ever told me this before. And my dad said, um, go pull out your continuum level one manual. And back then we got these big, thick manuals. Right. Pull out your level one manual and look at it. And sure enough, not only was there a section on this, in my own handwriting was notes about this same topic. So I just wasn't in a place where I was ready to learn it. Wait, let, let so, Captain, Captain Cliche jump in here. So when the student is ready, what? The teacher will appear. Okay. And that's exactly right. So why do I keep why do I keep going and taking courses even though I'm on faculty and I'm teaching essentials four now? Well, very simply, I might have missed something. Right. There might be something new. I might hear it differently because of where I am now. I might hear it differently just because it's somebody different telling it to me. They're giving me their spin on whatever that thing is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think if we are myopic in our learning, in our continued learning, and you know, I am only going to take courses here. Uh, this is my, I pick, you know, Pete Dawson's my guru, and I'm only going to take courses at, at the Dawson Center. Uh, okay, great learning. But at some point, you're going to be missing out on something else. Right. And I agree and, with you. I think the position is just keep your brain open and always be in like, a, I don't know, if, if we were playing baseball or basketball, you'd see, you'd see, we always tell these kids, be baseball ready, have your knees bent, ready to go. And same thing in education, just be ready and open. I've read my favorite book of all time more than 20 times. Now the book never changes. I change every time. You keep hearing different things when you read it. I heard, I, I'm listening to it now. I'm like, I never, gosh, I don't remember that. Maybe I'm not that smart, but your brain is a little bit more receptive, you know? So talk about those. One of my favorite books. Please, let's go there. Uh, let's use this one because it's better cover. So this is um, Dr. Pankey's, um, we call it Dr. Pankey's book, although Bill Davis wrote it. Love it. And it's a philosophy of the practice of dentistry. 
and it's it's a it's a you know it's a page turner. Um, I, I probably read it every year, and um, and it, it is it, it, I don't want to call it the Bible because it's not written that way. It's not here's what to do and not to do. It's he you might not have thought of this. It's it's certainly the history of Dr. Panky and and I love that part of it maybe the most because there's lessons just in his journey. Um, and, um, but so I agree with you, I reading the same book over and over, but this is fun. Cause so when I bought my practice, uh, this book was here, which one is that one? Th- th- these are all the same book. It's still the, the, oh, it's the philosophy same. It's just, practice of dentistry, okay. different editions. So this one was here when I bought the practice and it's, um, to Dr. Pete Heller, who's the gentleman I bought the practice from and it's signed by Bill Davis. That's awesome. And, and so that was always kind of like. I felt like I spent a lot of money for, for a book and it came with a practice. Uh, <laughs> um, this is the one that I got when I went to my first Panky class in 1998. Um, and, uh, you know, I went to go to buy one from in the, they have the, the resource center, the bookstore there, Mark Collis, who's been at Panky longer than anybody uh, runs that still to this day. And Mark, I was going to buy a book. He goes, Hey, um, Darren, I've, I've got, he didn't say that. He said, Hey, Dr. Becker, cause he's very respectful. Mm-hmm. He says, Hey, Dr. Becker, I've got, I've got a copy here that someone left and I can't find them and I don't know how to get it to them. And it's been sitting here for years. Uh, if you want that one, I can just give it to you. Well, I was a poor starving new dental dentist at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a free one. And I love this one because it is also signed. It's signed to somebody who I don't even know who it is but it's signed by Dr. Pankin. So I really have, have liked that. And that's been my, that's been my book. And then um, the book had been uh, out of print and uh, they ran out of them. So we had to republish it. So there's the third edition, I guess it is. Um, and this one just came out and it's, it's the same book. It's just the new printing or whatever edition, whatever they call that. And, um, and this one is addressed to me and my wife and it's signed by Bill Davis. Cause Dr. Pankin, of course, I is love passed, it. So that's kind of my, you're talking about favorite books. I've got a whole slew of them here, uh, including the Cornell effect, which I absolutely love. Absolutely. A better way, uh, Cornell effect by, by John Cranham and a better way by Pete Dawson. Uh, these are books that I, I love to reread, just like you said. Um, and you've, I might find inspiration when I need it. I might find a pearl that I missed the first or second or third time I read it. But I think I think dental continuing education is the same thing. It's it, as soon as you think you know everything, somebody just passed you. Right. Um, Doctor Kincaid used to talk about sharpening the saw. You might have the sharpest saw of, of anyone, but if you don't keep sharpening it, it's going to dull. Yeah. And so I think that's the way I look at that. And um, and there's there I'm convinced now after 430 hours of Zoom. I think that's the right number that we did during the COVID conference. Um, it's sad to think that's how many hours we did. I was crazy. Um, and it was the greatest thing in the world. And I've told you this and I'll tell you again, you, you, I guarantee you saved my life. I don't know that I would still be here at least in this capacity without that. It was such a gift and thank you. Um, but there's no replacing live hands on face to face, the evenings in the in the one club or the condos, dinners with the masters. There's no replacing that experience. 
Um, as great as Zoom was, as Zoom is, we're on it right now. Um, I think that um, I think that it still takes it still takes the flesh in the flesh, you know. So, yeah. What I, I mean, and when you think about it, like if you break it down, make it really simple. If you get the education and the dinner, you're getting the ultimate package, and because you can laugh it up. And I mean, it becomes, those are some of my favorite moments of ever. So we learn a lot. We get a lot done. We talk real serious, push each other to grow. And then, Hey, Darren, where are we going tonight? I'm taking you guys somewhere. I'm like, where are we going? I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, it becomes really fun. And so if you're a young dentist listening, you know, I hope you get more than anything. The message is, and I think you said it clearly right in the middle of the episode, you know, the best dentists are always learning. They're always growing. They never say, I got it. And Dawson, Pete Dawson said that to me at the ripe old age of 24 when he was 64. He said, Kirk, if I could tell you one thing, don't ever tell yourself you have it all figured out. He goes, because number one, you never figure it out. I learn all the time from my students. And number two, you meet a dentist that has it all figured out. They're not that much fun to hang around with. So make sure you put yourself in the right group with the right thinking. And it's also good to just stay at the course. Like if you have a place called the one place. So any last thoughts you have on this, this, you know, this journey in advanced dental education? I also want you to tell people, like, how to go to Panky if they've never sure. heard of Panky. You know, Darren, there's a lot of courses. Like, how do I start? Which one do I pick? What do I do? So, so, so probably two ways that I would, two things I would suggest. One is, um, if you go to, and, and I apologize right now because the website at Panky is being updated. And so we have a couple of different URLs, but I think if you go to either panky.org uh, and or pankygram.com, pankygram, G-R-A-M, those two, I think will get you to the same place. But either way, it's a great resource to, to, to learn about what, what they do and what the courses are. Essentially, if you're starting out and you want to take one of these, um, you know, more intense hands-on um, high level learning group, like we've been talking about, uh, essentials level one, E1 is the place to start at Panky. There are some, if you want to dip your toe, there's some online courses that are a great way to kind of, without having to leave your home, without having to fork out a bunch of money to, to just taste, taste it and get a little peek. Uh, that's a good way to start. We're also offering uh, E1, um, what are they calling it? Uh, out of power, I don't know what it's called, but E1 at two different dental meetings, the Florida Dental Association meeting. Wow. Pardon me, which I think is this month or next month. Um, uh, I don't know if it's filled up or not, but I think it is. But so they're offering a full E1 at the dental meeting. We're going to be doing one at Hinman in March in Atlanta here. I'm going to be part of the faculty group with that. Um, so you can sign up for an E1 at Hinman in Atlanta and not have to go to Key Biscayne, Florida, although it's beautiful in Key Biscayne, Florida. Um, and I think they're also going to do one maybe at Chicago midwinter, but I haven't heard that for sure. Okay. So, but anyway, so there's some other opportunities, but um, essentially that's the... Um, the, the, the route that you would take is an essentials one. Um, there are four essentials in the continuum. And then after that, there are what they call the master's track, uh, which include 
advanced aesthetics and sleep and digital and uh, bonded porcelain and master's week and uh, all of that. And it, and, and this sort of culmination, if you want to call it, that is, um, is an accreditation uh, that we call Panky scholar. And um, that's kind of at the, at the um, pinnacle of the uh, learning at Panky. But then of course, all the Panky scholars still come back for master's week that's awesome. as, as students. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and, and, or just call, call down there and the, the folks down there, um, Alex and Eva and, and everybody in the office there, they can talk you through where's the best place to be, where should we put you, you know, how, how to do that. Yeah. Uh, I also happen to know that, um, all of the E1s for the next year and a half are sold out and booked. So, um, if you're thinking about it, just like we kind of tell patients, if you're thinking about it, schedule now because they're already scheduling into late 23. Um, and, um, and maybe, maybe that's already full. Anyway, I, uh, be patient because yeah. you'll have to wait to get in, but you know, book it. And they've got, they've got all kinds of, uh, ways to help patients. I mean, a dentist finance their, finance their education the same way we help patients finance their, their, their treatment. Yeah. And I would, uh, I would say if you're thinking about, it, don't think about it, just get registered, <laughs> just get on the book, just do it. Yeah. yeah and you'll be yeah, so exactly. happy you did. And uh, don't worry if you're listening on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, um, we're going to have our post-production people put all of this in the notes. So if you're just listening to the podcast, flip up to the notes, you'll see all the links below to what Darren and I have been talking about. You can just click right on the link. It'll take you right there. And uh, no sweat. As the as the website gets settled, we'll f- we'll figure out where it's at, and we'll point everybody in the right direction. So, all good. I probably gave the wrong URLs. Don't we sweat it. it up. Don't even sweat it. I got you, brother. I got you. So, all right. Hey, brother. I am so grateful that you're my friend. I'm so grateful for you being on today, and we're just going to continue these conversations. Um, so it's good stuff, man. Good well, stuff. I'm grateful for you. Thanks for having me. Uh, anytime I can do anything for you, you let me know. I'm, I'm here for you. And uh, you're my boy, Blue. Yeah. Well, here's <laughs> what we're going to do next. You're going to figure out where we're going to have dinner next. And it's always going to be spectacular. Are um, you going to be at Hinman? Yes, I am. Oh, we're going to dinner. <laughs> it is life changing. So, all right, we'll stick around, brother. While I say goodbye to everybody else, but thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. I hope you got a ton from this today. And if you listen to the people that are out in front of you creating great things in dentistry and you pick up a, f- a few of these small pieces, it's awesome because it only adds to your practice and your life. So keep showing up and keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. You're going to see we're going to light it all up. So until we see you guys next time or you hear from us next time, keep watching the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. 
So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.